Hello and welcome to A Very Full Plate, the podcast where we're all about real food talk with real parents. Your hosts for today are Amy, a natural foods chef and mom of two, and Emily, a professional home organizer and mom of three. Take it away, ladies. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us. I'm your co-host, Amy. I turn parents into kitchen ninjas to help them feed their families healthy food more often. I'm all about balance, real life, and having fun in the kitchen. You can find me at cookingwithafullplate.com and my Facebook page of the same name. Hey, guys. This is Emily. I'm a professional organizer who helps my clients simplify their lives so that they can experience harmony in their homes again. You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram or visit hallharmonyhomes.com. Come along with us while we celebrate our small victories and laugh at our challenges. And thank you so much for listening. Welcome back to A Very Full Plate. This is actually Emily Hall coming at you solo this week for a special episode. I have to be honest, I feel a little bit like David Allen Boucher right now from Bedtime Magic. The house is quiet. Everyone is out. It's late at night. Nobody's here talking to me except for you guys listening. And if you don't know who David Allen Boucher is, please Google him so that I don't sound like a crazy lady. <laughs> but seriously, um, back to the important stuff. Our August theme has been picky eating and most importantly, raising great eaters and how to approach it. As the school year ramps up back, I am sure you have a lot to juggle on your plate and maybe you've set some goals around how you want to find um, a way to make mealtime work and to nourish your active, maturing, growing babies. Um, It's a fantastic time to consider the division of responsibility concept in your home. Trust me, I know from experience, it truly lowered the unknown pressure in our home. I thought I had great eaters. We knew we loved what we ate. We thought we ate very healthy. I mean, we do eat very healthy, but that wasn't really my issue. But what I did find was there was still a battle in getting them to sit still, force the meal through. Um, We were often rushed. One kid would get up and walk away. I'd be asking them to take so many more bites. They'd be arguing with me. Everything would be about, well, what's for dessert? What's in the next cabinet? <laughs> and our husband, my husband and I often rolled our eyes at each other. Like, oh, one more meal where we barely get to eat. And we spend all this time making this awesome meal for them. And they kind of just scurry around it um, looking for the dessert. The pressure was real. But then comes the vision of responsibility. And everything flips our world upside down. So Amy and I worked together to compile this episode of takeaways and tips. So though she's not here in voice, she's here in spirit and in opinion. And we are calling this episode, Five Things You Can Do This Week to End Your Dinnertime Battles. And I like to think that that is actually true. But if you do these five things, I think you will find such a difference in your family. And there may, may be some of you, some families out there who feel like this is, duh, of course, there is no other way to do it. And kudos to you for understanding and knowing the value in that. So today I will bring you what I call the cliff notes of the previous three episodes in August. But I do highly encourage you to go back and listen, particularly to Natalia Stasenko's interview from Feeding Bites, episode 20. And if you'd like a real family's take on it, um, which is just myself and my husband, uh, Amy interviewed us last week while we juggled all our kids and their latest needs about how it all went down in our home as we embarked on our DOR, as we abbreviate it, journey. And DOR basically means that 
the parents decide the when, the what, and um, prepare the meals. And the children decide how much they eat. I should say the parents also decide the where, the where, the when, the what they eat. And the children decide how much. And I know that sounds like a big concept, but once we dive into it, you'll get to understand what that looks like. Let's get into the five things you can do as I'm hoping you're in a good headspace and ready to take on this new concept as it actually does lower the pressure and lower the amount of work you do on a regular basis. First of all, you have to let go of your expectations. Whatever has happened in the past in your home, starting today, if you decide to embark on this journey, which I highly encourage you at least try it to see what happens with the dynamic in your family. It can be really hard to bite your tongue when your child chooses not to eat those crunchy, bitter vegetables that day or chooses to only eat one item in the, in the meal you've served. But bite your tongue. I promise you it will be worth it. It is a long journey of eating for them. They need to explore this journey with a, with a guided hand by, how much, by you providing the food at the table. Okay, so with DOR, the, the food you provide are all okay foods by you. You're not going to put down ice cream, brownies, and vegetables and go, oh, let's see what they eat. You're going to put down all the things that you'd like to see your child eat at dinner, and you're going to let go a little bit of how they balance that plate out. They might actually surprise you. Um, I find it still hard. You know, old habits die hard. I still sometimes say like, oh, you, know, you want to eat a little bit of those vegetables? And, and no, it's okay. It's a stumble for me. And the kids even sometimes go like, yeah, I do. And so I do try not to do that, but it's a hard habit to bite, bite off if you've, if you've been doing that. Um, also along those same lines, try not to label your child, especially in front of them to other people. Oh, they're a picky eater. Oh, they're a great eater. They'll eat anything or whatever it is. Just let your child be who they are. They're still changing every single day as we've seen with other aspects of their lives. Try not to label them. And put them in a box and say, this is all they like to eat. And that's it. And I give up. I throw my hands in the air. Can't give up on them. I promise you they're going to surprise you. <laughs> so number two is serve the dinner family style. And what that basically means is very simple. You put out the meal in family style bowls or one big bowl. So you're not serving to each plate individually. You're not choosing the portions of what everybody wants to eat. You're allowing the children to reach in with their spoons or the serving spoons and choose what they like. And you pass it around and that's it. And you may have a child who's too young for that. So you might put a few things on their plate, see what they gravitate towards, see if they want more of that. Of course, if your child is small, you're going to figure out what they want to eat, what they don't, but you're not going to expect them to clear their plates. And what I mean by that is if you put the food down, you don't expect them to clear their plates. But if someone chooses what they want, it still shouldn't be a clean plate situation. It should be what they feel intuitively is what they wanted to eat. They might learn, oh, I took too many noodles. I took too many of this. I didn't realize it. I'm full. And that's okay. They're learning intuitively what's going on with their bodies, what their body's asking for, what they're saying that's too much of, and that's for them to learn. We don't, we don't really put enough into gut and intuit, intuition and instinct for ourselves when we're eating. We eat so fast, we barely know how much we ate. So it's a really good, really good exercise for children to start this relationship with food. 
Number three, I love, because this is probably the thing that stressed me out the most, stop talking about food. The dinner table should be about what are you guys doing today? How is school? What's going on here? Is something worrying you? Can I be there for you? How is your day? Whatever it is, the food is the reason you're together, but it's not the discussion. So it's not how many more bites you're going to get. Do I have to eat all this? How much do I have to eat to eat dessert? What is in this? It's just, this is the food. Try it if you want or don't. Pick what you want, eat it. That's it. Very simple. No pressure. Okay, we don't realize there's pressure there until we take it away and we peel back that onion and the kids will tell you with their messages whether there was previous pressure. Um, Number four is keep trying. You may stumble. You may have a really hard time. You may have a kid who basically wants to eat nothing that you approve of, but keep trying. Involve them in the process. Ask them what they might like to eat. Find some balance that you're comfortable with to meet them halfway while you might be unraveling some habits that weren't so great that you started because you just wanted your kid to, to be fed. You wanted your child to grow. You, could, you couldn't get certain things in them. Whatever your story is, is completely legitimate. But you may have a lot going on there. So keep trying. And if you mess up one day and you realize, oh, I forced him to eat this, whatever, the next day is a new day. Just like any day as a mother, tomorrow's a new day or a father. Number five, this is like a big, big picture, 10,000 foot view picture. Allow your children to cultivate their own relationship with food. It's sort of along those lines of like, do you teach a man to fish or you do feed him the fish that you cook and caught? A child needs to learn what things he likes to, he or she likes to eat, what things make him feel good, what things make him feel bad, what is bitter, what is sweet. It ha- there's a lot of going on there. You wouldn't sit there and say, if you want to play with this toy, you have to play with this one for 10 more minutes. No, because that sounds bizarre, right? So with food, it's the same thing. You want to learn their interests. You want to learn what they gravitate towards. Where are their talents? Where do they feel something is overpowering and taste or taste amazing and they want more? This is their journey. You can put parameters around their journey to protect them and set their limits as the mother or father. But at the end of the day, they're going to choose what foods they really enjoy. And you'll be surprised how intuition kicks in. So trust their intuition. It may take some time, but it'll get there. I really believe this from my own experience. And even in my own experience of changing my own diet, I find the things that I eat that I crave now are so much healthier and make me leave me feeling so much better. And I'm certain that you'll see this in yourself and your kids as well. I do need to establish a few ground rules. Like, so those are the five things you can do right away that I actually believe will make things way easier for your family when you're just trying to find out how their day went. If you're not talking about food, you're not putting pressure on your kids. Because let's be honest, kids are feeling the pressure. Parents are feeling the pressure. Moms have pressure coming out their ears. I mean, seriously, do we need more pressure in our lives? No, we don't. Are you feeling guilty because your kid doesn't eat your broccoli? Stop feeling guilty about that. Instead, put the meals out over and over again every single day The meals you believe are appropriate, good veggies, good meats, whatever it is you decide in your family is your protocol. Eventually, they will navigate and get the vitamins they need. If you need to supplement with a little vitamin C, a little bit of omega-3s, they don't love fish, that's okay, but you keep serving that fish until one day they might be open to it. 
So I do want to point out a few things because this is still an exercise that takes some embracing. First, you must take a little time to define what foods you as a parent are okay with them eating at dinner or whatever mealtime you're planning. You do need to sit down and say, these are my parameters. This is what I believe is okay. I don't care if they eat all of one or all of two or all of three item. I'm happy with that. So you need to be okay with the meal that's on the table. It may be hard for you, those of you who maybe waver around what you even consider healthy or not. You Maybe you don't know what you consider for your kids. Maybe you don't know your kids' palates that well. But this is a great exercise to start learning it. Secondly, many of you may need to collaborate with your kids or get to know their likes or dis- dislikes through experiment. And one item on the one item on the table should be approved by every child. So say you have two or three children, just make sure most meals have at least one item they're willing to eat, even if it's just the vegetable or you throw down some olives or whatever it is. Give them something. Give them an option to let them know you're thinking of them. You know this, what they like. There's no pressure to eat anything else. It wouldn't be fair. I mean, you wouldn't want someone to serve you a meal you didn't like any of it. You know, you might be willing to try some, but you won't only want to have you want to at least have one item third this is all about the empowering of your children and letting go of our control I do think that um, those are two very important things about parenting that are hard to balance like are we empowering them or are we trying to control them because we're frustrated and we want results right away right and we want them to do the right thing and you so you almost want to like punish them for not doing the right thing but instead This whole concept is about empowering your child to learn intuitive eating and understand what their body is saying, what their taste buds are saying, what they want to eat. Kids do need limits, but they don't need anything shoved down their throat, no matter how frustrating they are being. Because trust me, I know sometimes you just want them to eat the goddamn dinner (laughs) and move on. But remember the bigger picture here. I have one thing I do want to mention that I thought of today. Um, we did embark on DOR and I don't think we'll ever go back. I can't imagine it. It, It's so much easier. It's simpler. The kids are learning a lot, but after a few weeks, I realized something pretty huge. You guys, we have not had a regular dessert in probably over a week. Sometimes the littlest one will say, I want some chocolate or whatever at the end of the day, but it's almost like they've forgotten about dessert believe it or not. There's no finish line dessert. There's no forbidden thing at the end. I don't even stress about making one available. It's become a non-issue and there's dessert sitting in my freezer and in my fridge stocked because people have basically forgotten about it. (laughs) And this is a family who loved dessert. I always had dessert. I tried to make it a healthier dessert because it made me feel better, but there was always this reason to eat your meal was this dessert. But now it's more like if they're in their mood or they want something sweet and that's fine. The forbiddenness is gone. And I love that because it's such a psychological cycle that can happen with everything in life, with greed, with money, with relationships, with dessert, you know, with eating. I'm so happy. And um, I do find that I don't even seek it as much because there's no stress at the table. I'm not going for that sugary snack that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is chaos. I just want my dessert. Instead, we kind of enjoy dinner. It goes a little bit slower. It's still chaos, but it's slower and there's lower stress and we talk about things. And I love that. And I hope that you guys really embrace that and take that home. And I know that it's not a perfect scenario for us, but I know that the pressure is lower. Even when I'm cooking, I'm not like, great, she's going to worry about this. He's not going to want to eat this. I hope they like this. Oh, I burned this. Instead, it's like, oh, we'll see what they eat. And that's it. Done. Wash my hands of it. 
That's the way it should be for you too. I will wrap up to say, I truly hope you will consider this concept, no matter how harried or pickier eaters are or how crazy your schedules are after work. I know you'll find your children may experience emotional um, issues with eating or they may be tired at the end of the day. But if you can even eat together as a family, what they're preferred to eat, whatever you have to do, lower the stress of the pressure for them to eat a certain way and have them seek out a relationship with food. And if you find that maybe you think there's an emotional eating problem, a sensory problem, maybe a physical mouth issue, please seek help from a professional. What we're talking about here are those sort of non, um, non-medical picky eaters. These are basically just habitual picky eaters or kids who have specific tastes or they've had habits over time. They will come back around, especially with some support and like I said, empowerment. And I loved Natalia Sisenko from Feeding Bites. I would highly recommend looking at their resource on Facebook or on her website if you're feeling a little bit harried about it yourself and you want more information. She's always posting. She's a great support. So thank you guys for hearing out on my five things you can do this week to lower the bed, lower your dinner time battles. And I hope you guys tune in next month because we're super stoked. We're bringing the topic of fitness and nutrition to the table in September. A new school year means a new chance to understand fitness and nutrition, how it works together. And we are including an interview with a USA triathlete who also happens to be a mom of five. So I can't wait for it. I hope you tune in and catch you guys in September. Thank you for listening.